0: It was so good. And she's like, I get it. He's a great hider. And she's like just fucking preaching little mantras. I'm like, I want all of this on t-shirts.
1: Hi, Emily. Hi, Kayla. So I just wanted to bring you here. Um, I know that we are purely an audio medium, but I just wanted to let everyone know that if I sound a little different tonight, it's because I've totally rebranded. I'm now a girl with a middle part, which may come as a shock to you all because I did nothing but talk shit about middle parts on this podcast. Um, But then much like all the other areas of my life, I am a hypocrite and I talked shit about it and then it seemed kind of appealing. So I did it. So now I have a middle part. So if I just like sound like younger, if I sound like I would get along with the TikTok community, if I sound 16, that's why I'm using retinol and I got a middle part.
0: If I sound like I would get along with the TikTok community, it's because I posted a TikTok in which I said three words and it exploded. So if you don't follow me on TikTok, please follow me at incredible. I didn't mean to take (sighs) off. And yet you are now hearing from a celebrity. Has fame changed me? Who's to say?
1: I just want to say that, like, I'm, I got the middle part, but like, I'm still a fucking loser because you have gone viral on TikTok. Tara, our producer, is running like a very successful Gilmore Girls talk. And here I am with my dumbass middle part, and I don't even know how to edit a TikTok. I opened it once to create one because I had a funny story to tell. And I, for the life of me, couldn't figure it out until I just closed the app. It's
0: confusing. I literally just upload videos. Anyway, that's not why we're here, but. (laughs) go check me out. i
1: Honestly, what we just talked about was more interesting than the women tell all. So we might as well just stop there.
0: Yeah. Honestly, should we just talk about our personal lives for 45 minutes? Would be more fascinating probably. And I have nothing going on. It's a pandemic. So a what we saw was the most boring women tell all of all time. And it had the potential to be so much more.
1: And there were two things right out of the gate that, that, well, three things I think that were just the, the three key takeaways here. One, They literally straight up fucking date stamped the women tell all to let us know, like, hey, no, really, we made Chris Harrison step down. We just filmed this before we knew he was racist. So they date stamped it at the beginning. It said filmed on February 4th so that we would all know that this took place before the tragic Chris Harrison, Rachel Lindsay interview. And what I just want to say about that is. I'm really fucking sad and disappointed that Chris Harrison is a racist for a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons I'm really sad about it is there's just nothing more comforting than hearing Chris Harrison say, good evening, Bachelor Nation, and the fact that now I have to associate it with someone that I don't like yeah. really, like, hurts my heart a little bit.
0: It's so negative, and and I, ha- and I don't like him. Like, it's not me being like, oh, I wish we could all just get along. No, I hate his guts but it is like wow this is something that i have thought was so positive for such a long time and now i just can't fucking stand it he also started the episode by saying the most controversial season And I was like, if only you knew then, Chris Harrison, what you know now, Chris Harrison, because what you thought was controversial then, oh boy, has that just taken off.
1: Oh, how the turntables. Oh, yes. Yeah, so that's the first thing of note. The second key takeaway from the Women Tell All was that we didn't get a Victoria hot seat, which... What the fuck was the point? I didn't need to hear from any of these other people that had legitimate connections with Matt. That's not the reason we come here. You come here for the Demis, the Corins, the Victorias. That is the point of the Women Tell All. And I'm nice. sure they filmed a hot seat with Victoria. But much like everything else we learned tonight, they film interesting things that they choose to not show us because... Yeah, it's
0: just been so fucking boring.
1: That was That was the major takeaway from tonight, so...
0: And also, Heather was there. We saw the back of her head. And then they just never showed her face and they acted like she wasn't there. So they also definitely filmed a hot seat with her and we didn't fucking see it. So right off the bat, this shit sucked. The
1: women tell all is like the one episode that I would be okay with it being three hours and they never give it to me. But then like episodes I don't give a fuck about, they're like, okay, sit here for three hours. And the other, the th- the third key yeah. takeaway was that Sarah wasn't there. And she was the person that I think people were most excited, not excited, but interested to hear from because she left so abruptly. They very clearly had a strong connection. It was all very bizarre. And she wasn't there.
0: Yeah, that was bizarre. I kind of forgot about her, honestly, because it feels like a million years ago. But it was someone that we were definitely interested to hear from. And it's like, oh, we got nothing. Also, Maggie wasn't there, which... It's just offensive to me and my personal brand. Right. She
1: was one of the only ones I was invested in. But then, you know, most importantly, what we always look for when a women tell all is that we kick it off with B-roll of Matt in the shower. We actually got a shocking lack of B-roll of Matt in the shower over the course of the season. We got a lot of him working out. Didn't really get a lot of shower B-roll. That was like a Colton Underwood branded thing. But we finally got it. It was worth the wait.
0: You know, it's nice when a man showers, like that checks off a box, you know? So I feel like it's positive.
1: Not so shocking act of hypocrisy by me. I don't condone objectifying women, but I do condone objectifying Mad James. So that's just like yet another thing I'm being a hypocrite about. Um, He looked hot in the shower. That's all.
0: Sexy and it's hot that he washes his armpits, I suppose. Especially after all the pushups we had to watch this season. It's like, yeah, shower up, bud. (laughs)
1: He's probably smelly. He might stink. So then the first event that Chris Harrison decides to address, he goes, "Ugh, what's top of mind for everyone? Jasenia, MJ. I was like, this wasn't top of mind when it was happening for me. It's not top of mind now. I have no interest in hearing from either of them, but sure, let's talk about it. MJ was like, I have a strong personality and that should not be construed as mean, even when she was being mean.
0: And she was like, I owned up to it. And it's like, bitch, no, you didn't. You did not own up to it. So yeah, MJ basically is like, I didn't tear people down. And you're like, you did. And I feel like all the girls on this season who were mean, except Anna – Construed it as, well, it was a joke. And like my strong personality and my jokes should not be used against me just because I make jokes. And it's like, it's not a fucking joke. You're being fucking mean.
1: Which, like, I'm sure is what people say about our Twitters.
0: <laughs> yeah. However, I am bullying Republicans. And I feel like that is God's intention for me. I just feel
1: like that's what I was put here to do. I
0: was like, am I meant to bully Gina Carano conspiracy theorists? Absolutely. But MJ basically was like, no. I didn't, I, I, I mean, I was being funny and no one thought it was funny. Ryan's like,
1: yeah, I definitely thought it was funny when you called me a whore. Right.
0: Like just classic. So I don't know why we started with that. So stupid, but whatever.
1: So then we go into more bullying. We acknowledge Victoria. Um, Out of all the egregious things she did this season, the only thing we got to see her talk about was her treatment of Katie, which don't get me wrong, was abhorrent. Um, so I'm glad we heard her. And you know what? I have to say Victoria did what I recommend every contestant who gets a controversial edit does from what we saw Victoria. She got called out. She said, I mean, she said some questionable things tonight, but when it came to apologizing to Katie, she said the name calling was unacceptable. And I truly am sorry to Katie. Yeah. And Katie, you could tell, thought it was bullshit, but what Victoria did was smart was she put herself in the position where there was nothing for Katie to say back. And as much as I'm a Katie stan and I don't like Victoria, Victoria is not stupid. And she did what I always say after a tell-all, I'm like, why do these? She did what we were all begging Yosef literally to do at the men tell-all. Yeah.
0: Yes. With Katie, she did. With Ryan, she was like, maybe you're just really sensitive. And Ryan was like, no, you called me a whore. Like, I'm not sensitive, but like being called a whore is not like a great thing. <laughs> so I will, right. yes, she did with Katie. She was like, I apologize. But with Ryan, she was like, you know, maybe are you really like uh, upset? She said ups- the word upsetness, which is not real. And then she was, like, victimizing herself. She was like, I was going through a lot. And it's like, yeah, you're all going through a lot. But, like, you were, like, straight up bullying Ryan for no reason. And so she, was, she like, didn't own up until it was Katie, which, like, tracks. Because Katie's not going to fucking, like, not that any of them are going to, like, put up with bullshit. But of anyone that you're going to be like, oh, I'll apologize because I know I'll never see the end of this if I don't. Katie's probably that person. So... she, she was like, you yeah, know, she was like, we're all doing our best. It's like, Victoria, that was not your best. And you know, it, and I know it and God knows it, but okay. Thanks for apologizing.
1: Yeah. And I really hit a wall during this conversation with Katie. And I was actually really sad to hit this wall because I really did not like the way Chelsea was talking about the situation and Chelsea, I love. So yeah. I was really sad about that. It but- was
0: really disappointing. They all kind of turned on her and they were like, you're making drama the only person that I really agreed with was Kayla where she was like, you should be uplifting those voices. And I was like, absolutely, totally get that. But I feel like the rest of them were just on this unnecessary attack where like Katie was standing up to bullying versus like Heather showed up and the rest of them acted like it was world war three. So it's like, you don't get to act like Katie's right. being dramatic about literal bullying, toxicity in the house and then turn around and act like it's the end of the world. Cause another girl showed up and you feel like threatened.
1: Right. And also just Katie was Katie basically was like, I did what I thought I had to do because the environment was bad. And I thought that Matt deserved to know about it. And they were like, well, what did you think that was going to do for your relationship with Matt? She was like, I didn't like, I just thought that he should know. And Chelsea says, it only became toxic when you told Matt. And I was like, That's so fucked up to be like, it was only bullying because you ratted us out to the teacher. Right. Like, no, it was bullying whether she told Matt or it wasn't. It was just that Katie knew that the only person that might be able to get through to them was Matt. So the whole thing just made me upset.
0: Well, it's, it's another, it's like an example of like, what do you think that we saw at home? Like regardless of Katie, if Katie had not told Matt, we still would have seen bullying and toxicity. So the fact that she went to tell Matt was like good for her because that's what was happening. And they also acted like Katie was not directly bullied. And they were like, you were speaking for people, but she was, they literally right before this conversation showed the conversation of her and Victoria where Victoria was being fucking catty. So Katie was like, not, I'm not like comparing you know what she went through to like what Brittany went through obviously like Katie got kind of like a nicer deal but she was like being treated badly for sure and it wasn't like she was just like a fucking outsider like on the periphery like oh I have to like go save people like no she was just like there's weird shit happening here and it sucks here yeah and you should know about it and she once again as we said she didn't name anyone
1: Right. She literally just said the energy's bad. And then the toxic people just acted like themselves. And Matt was like, oh, so it's them she was talking about.
0: And then the other thing with this was Mari was like, you were like all mad at Sarah. And then you came out and you were like, well, Sarah deserves better. And that's so fake. And I was like, Learning more about someone's situation and learning more about where someone is coming from isn't fake. It's just getting new information (laughs) and changing how you feel. Yeah. That wasn't fake. It was, she just didn't know something and then she knew it and she was like, well, now knowing what I know, let's not bully Sarah.
1: We're going to get into a larger conversation later about accountability, but I think there's such a, a hypocrisy happening just in the world in general right now, where it's like, obviously uh, Katie and Sarah is white woman on white woman crime. Like it is obviously very different, but I think the same principle can be applied in the sense of like, we are asking people to change and grow with the knowledge of like new information. And then on a very small microscope here where Katie was acting like an asshole to Sarah learned new information realized she fucked up and then course corrected. And then people are like, well, that's fake. That's BS. No, that's what we're asking people to do to be accountable, to be better people, whether it's on the scope of racism or just being a decent fucking person. Like what, like what was Katie going to do? Hear that information about Sarah and then keep being a dick.
0: Right. I feel like like the least we can do as fucking humans in our everyday lives, like everyone does this, you make a judgment about someone and you're not correct. And sometimes you learn more about that person and you think, oh, that was fucked up of me. Like, I'm going to change my behavior. Right. That's what happened. It wasn't fake. It wasn't her saying one thing and then doing another thing. It was her... Believing one thing, learning more information, and growing from that experience. Also, why did Mari get like 80 minutes of fucking screen time? Mari was on the show for like 40 seconds. Because
1: Mari was definitely making a play for Paradise. It was very obvious. (sighs) But why did they give it to her? Like, I was like, producers just kept it in. Just edit it
0: out. Who cares? Like, I don't care. Right. Anyway, obviously we have the actual bullies of like Victoria, MJ was mean, Anna was mean. But then you have the girls who were kind of on the periphery but didn't say anything. And they're backing it up because they know they didn't say anything. So they're like, we have to back up our behavior because otherwise we're cowards. And that's what it was. It was like, they just, they had to just defend their stance until they die because they can't
1: admit when they were maybe wrong. So the next major thing that happens is we get Brittany on the hot seat. Chris is like, okay, so just so we all remember, there was a rumor that you were an escort. And before we talk about it, let's rehash your trauma. And then they play the reel. They play back, you know, the edit that they do for everybody that gets a hot seat where they kind of show like a cut of their time on the show. And basically, it was exactly what we expected it to be. She talked about how this traumatized her, obviously. She calls out Anna for not reaching out to her after the show to talk about it. Anna apologizes on the show, which I am not... Brittany, I cannot accept this apology from Anna, but I do. I felt Anna's apology to be decently sincere. And I'm not going to lie, maybe this makes me a shit person. But if I were Anna, I don't know that I would have reached out just because I think I would have been so mortified and so embarrassed that I probably would have chickened out of reaching out too. And I'm not saying that that's right or that it excuses it, but and I'm proud of Brittany for calling it out because it's, it's not okay. But at the same time, I understand why watching all this back, Anna is probably so fucking mortified that she was just scared. Yeah.
0: And Anna did seem sincerely sorry. It's just kind of like, this is such a shitty thing to do so- to someone. But Brittany is very, like, yeah. I mean, so honestly angelic about it. And is like, you know, I, I believe that you are sorry And like, I hope that you learn from this because that's what I hope too. I'm like, Anna, I don't think that, and she said, she was like, I don't want people to treat Anna like shit because of this either. Like that doesn't help anything either, but I just hope she learns. And like, I agree. I'm like, I hope that I don't want Anna to get shit, even though what she did was horrible, but I do want her to learn. Like, you can't just fucking say anything you want about anyone and think that that's not going to have consequences. And like, Victoria also during this part is like calling out Anna as if Victoria wasn't fucking pouring gasoline on Anna's fire. Like, yeah, let's tell everyone she's an escort. Right. Let's just like spread it around. Like Victoria, (laughs) shut the fuck up. You do not have a horse in this race.
1: Victoria is like writing the burn book.
0: Yeah. She had no horse in this race. And she's like, Anna, why would you say that if it wasn't even Trev? Where did you get this information? Like Victoria, where did you get the information? You helped spread it. Like, what do you mean?
1: So then I One thing I'm really glad that Brittany did, because this conversation can get really ugly depending on how you present it, because Brittany did talk about being embarrassed. She did talk about, you know, this affecting her life going forward, but I thought she handled the situation very gracefully and that she acknowledged that there is nothing wrong with the sex work industry. She ended her in-the-moment interview by saying – that she acknowledges people in sex work and says that they are worthy of love and no one should tell you that you're any less worthy because of your occupation. And I thought that she handled it really gracefully and really beautifully because I thought that for someone in her position, it could have gone down a really derogatory and kind of ugly path. And it very much did not. And I think she just handled it really, really beautifully.
0: Yeah. She was really, really excellent. And just like, don't, she said, don't let people tear you down if you are a sex worker. Like, it's your occupation. Like we should not be judging people on their occupation essentially. And I hope she goes on paradise. I would love to see more of her. I feel like she got a really, yeah. really unfair cut as we've talked about before, but because of all of this, the rumors kind of like, you know, that kind of shadowed over her actual experience. And I would love to see her on paradise and actually be able to form a meaningful connection with someone. Cause I think that she's really great. And she, unfortunately, didn't and I get love that. Opportunity. that.
1: I love that Chris acknowledged that too. Like I liked that he, not that I like to give Chris any credit right now, but like I do appreciate that he acknowledged that she was robbed of time on the show and like- Yeah. Whatever.
0: Just the fact that like the franchise in general was able to be like, you know, this was not a fair cut that you got and that sucks, you know? Like-
1: And it's because of a stigma about sex work.
0: Right. It feels like sometimes girls are kind of screaming into the void about that. And so when the franchise is like, no, you're right. Like this is what happened. It's kind of like, okay- Glad you see that.
1: (laughs) Pin and Tonic Craft Company was a pipe dream turned quarantine reality. When Kayla lost both of her jobs... Last March, due to the pandemic, she needed a way to make a little extra money, and more importantly, a rewarding way to spend her time. She'd always dreamed of starting her own Etsy shop, but didn't know what she would sell. When her sister taught her how to cross stitch via FaceTime, thank you COVID, she instantly fell in love and started creating pop culture-themed cross stitch creations and designs. You can follow her on Instagram at Pin and Tonic Crafts Co. and find her on Etsy under the same name. That's at Pin and Tonic. Crafts with an S co C O on Instagram and on Etsy. So then um we get this weird little montage of dates that didn't make the show. And this was bizarre for me for a few reasons because we know, you know, they're mic'd seven days a week, eight hours a day. We know there's stuff that we don't see. Like that's obvious. But to my knowledge, I mean, Chris even said it. He was like, it's not often that entire dates don't make the cut. There were three fucking group dates that didn't make the cut. So he's saying that it's not often that any date gets cut from air, but like three of them didn't make the cut. And they were literally the only three dates that looked fun. Why did I have to watch them play capture the heart, but I didn't get to watch them stick their hands into cockroaches to grab a ring?
0: Like I did not get to watch Kit- wander through the woods for 25 (laughs) hours saying i have no concept of time so that i could watch them box that's so fucking stupid i was so mad i was like (laughs) i'm heartbroken because you guys know that i was a i'm a recent team kit convert stan i would have been team kit way earlier if i had seen that (laughs) footage i would have been like week three like team kit i'm team Kit, kit playing hide and seek in the woods does not know where she is (laughs) <laughs> icon behavior, icon behavior. I was so mad that that got cut.
1: Kit being lost in the woods and then blaming it on being a New York city girl is like me waiting on like the subway platform. No idea where the fuck to go. Like similar facial expressions, similar. I have no concept of time. Neither of us have working cell phones. Cause I'm underground kits in the woods with no phone, like just very relatable content. And then we see all the other girls in the hot tub with Matt. Matt is like, where's Kit? And they're like, I don't know. And she's
0: like out (laughs) in the woods like, Matt, Matt. He has no idea. She can't even play chess out there. Poor thing.
1: After that, we see a montage of Katie's time on the show. And I loved it because I love Katie. That being said, they're very clearly trying to pivot Katie into Bachelorette because There's really no reason that we needed to hear from Katie.
0: It was weird. I was like, she wasn't like a front runner, you know? She was like in our hearts, she was, but like actually on the show, it wasn't like they're going to end up together, you know?
1: It's very clearly just them trying to pivot um, her into Bachelorette. And if you are listening to this and you prefer to remain spoiler free, then please skip forward about 30 seconds right now. Skip forward 30 seconds if you don't want to hear this. Rumor has it when they film Women Tell All, they announced Katie as the Bachelorette. But due to all the controversy the franchise has been getting here, it's not that she's not going to be the Bachelorette. It's just that they don't want to make that formal announcement yet because they're not sure that they want to pivot into having another white lead. So I just thought I'd I'd throw that out there for anyone who was confused why she was getting such a big edit for someone that was not necessarily a frontrunner.
0: It was, it was definitely like weird. And when she was going up, I was like, well, they're about to announce her. But yeah, it was just a classic montage of Katie's time on the show. But yeah. they did show Jasenia and Serena P. Very, being very supportive of Katie, which I appreciate because everyone else was fucking coming for Katie's neck and I was not
1: happy with that. So thanks, Jessenia and Serena P. I didn't know how I felt about Jasenia at the end, but once she was uh, Katie Stan, I was like, okay, I guess Jasenia is fine. I
0: was like, you're back. You're back. You had like a minor pitfall, right. but I feel like she, I, and I liked her when she called MJ Meredith. Very iconic.
1: <laughs> She had, she had main character energy.
0: Main character energy there when she broke the fourth wall and looked at the camera. I do appreciate Jasenia, and I see you and I support you. So anyway, love anyone who supports Katie.
1: <laughs> Next classic montage we get is of Abigail, but this is the montage that everybody asked for because we all just like absolutely ob- obsess over Abigail. And I hated that I'm sure that Abigail and Matt had more of a conversation. They didn't air, but- Abigail was truly the shocker that that she went home when she did. Um, And she was like the only person whose conversation with Matt I cared about. And they just like didn't show it. I'm sure they had it because the women tell all takes like five hours to film. I'm sure they had it. I just That was the one conversation that I was really looking forward to seeing so that Abigail could get some answers about that. And I'm sure she did get those answers. We just weren't privy to them which kind of sucks
0: we just didn't see them and that's annoying because we love abigail but they showed like this really nice montage of her and then they showed people's tweets about how appreciative they were of like having a deaf contestant and how important that was and it was just really amazing to see and i feel like she's kind of she i mean she said she was like i didn't know how i would be received and it was so lovely to see her see the positive feedback and yeah be able to like react to that and you know we just love her and I want everything that's good to happen to her in this world. So Yeah,
1: no. And and something that I wanted to emphasize too is that I have a friend that also has a disability. She's blind and she reached out to me when she found out that Abigail was on the show and she doesn't watch The Bachelor. But she was like, oh my God, I just heard there was a deaf contestant on The Bachelor. Like- that's so cool. Like, could you tell me more about it? And she was asking like, did they pay too much attention to it? Like, did they make that her entire plot line was that she was deaf? And I was like, genuinely, no, like they actually handled it really well. Like she had a conversation with Matt about it. Cause it's obviously a major part of her life. But then I kind of forgot because they just didn't really talk about it.
0: You brought it up in like her personal conversations with him about, you know, like herself. And then about when she was talking about starting a family. Yeah. But like, uh, she was li- like, they really, they weren't trying to be like Hey guys, look at this great, like amazing, right? Like, yeah, because she is amazing, but she's amazing because she's a genuinely kind and kind person that is like, she is so amazing and she's so inspirational and it's so important to have yeah. people with different abilities on the show, but also she's just an excellent person. I don't think anybody could say a mean word about her. Yeah. And so that's what made her so special. And like, it was just, I, you know, you would look back on her time and you're like, wow, wow, she deserves everything. She
1: also continues to, like, educate, I think, even when she's not, like, I mean, I consider myself a decently informed person, but I had no idea that there was a difference between someone who is totally deaf, but like has something like she does where she has an implant or a hearing aid or whatever, but... And then like deaf with a capital D, which are people that primarily communicate through sign language. And she was like, I didn't know how I would be received because I am totally deaf. If I take my aid out, like I can't hear at all, but I don't communicate through sign language. I'm not considered deaf with a capital D. And as she was explaining that, I was like, she just is bringing, it's so important to have people like Abigail on mainstream franchises like this, because that is something that I never would have known. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's really important for her to speak on. Yeah. Um, and it was just, she's the best. You yeah. can't say Queen. enough good about her. She's Queen. the best. And seeing her montage made me sad all over again because I was like, You deserved better.
1: Yeah. But for sure. We love
0: her. And it's and and she's the one. I think my mom said something like, Is there anyone on the season who like everyone loved? And I was like, I think Abigail is probably that person. Yeah. Like I don't think anybody other than probably Victoria, who's fucking evil. I don't think anybody could say something bad about Abigail. But
1: even Victoria, we never saw Victoria say anything about Abigail.
0: No, we didn't see it. I'm
1: just like... Assuming she's vile, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm just like calling her out for for nothing. But I feel like nobody this season really could have anything bad to say about her. She's just so sweet.
1: Yeah, so. she was great. So then we get two more um, like lengthier interviews. One is with Piper. I followed Piper recently on social media. Piper seems like a great and very interesting person, but as we've discussed many a time, women of color do not tend to get um, lengthy edits on this show. So we learned a lot more about people like Abigail and Katie than we did about Piper, despite Piper being more of a front runner. So what I'm about to say, I do not mean as an insult to Piper. I just mean that we saw none of Piper which did not make me interested in seeing a long interview with her because I had not built up investment over the course of the season. I would have loved to build investment in Piper, yeah. but it was just, it almost felt like because I didn't know anything about her and then they sat her down for this longer interview. I i love listening to Piper on Bachelor Happy Hour and learning about her there. Like, I like listening to her and learning about her, but to me, this interview with Piper, I was like, okay, well, you didn't, I just like to take it, out of the scope of someone who's as invested in the franchise as I am and put it into the, inve- like older women who maybe just watch right. the show. Like they don't listen to the podcast. They don't, whatever. And it's kind of like, well, why do we need right. to hear from Piper? We don't know anything about Piper. And that's not. That's to the
0: fault of the franchise and not to the fault of Piper. A hundred percent. But like still, yeah, yeah it's, it, she got a, she got a very weird cut because the whole time we could tell that Matt was into her. Like he would leave, he left that group date to go like make out with her. Like it was like, oh, he really likes Piper, but we didn't know that at all. And then by the time we actually built up that understanding that like, she's a front runner, he sent her home. So we had this very, like, I would say weirder than the other edits we saw where it was like, oh, she's not really any, any, like she's not really a front runner. And then suddenly she was like a huge front runner and then suddenly she was home. And it was like, what? so what is the truth?
1: Yeah, it was very choppy. Very weird
0: edit of hers. So then when she was interviewed, it was like, wait, so I'm confused. Like, I actually don't know.
1: (laughs) Right, because Chris kept being like, you know, you were such a front runner. And I'm like, a lot of the audience of the show probably doesn't know that because you didn't show it. So that being said, Piper is a very interesting person and you should 100% go listen to her interview on Bachelor Happy Hour because it was much better than the interview that she gave on The Women Tell All because they had nothing interesting to ask her because they didn't care that much about her when they were editing this show. So go listen to her interview on Bachelor Happy Hour because it was great.
0: Her episode on that is really excellent and gives a lot of perspective into, as we mentioned earlier, like the editing that women of color get on the show versus... White women. And just kind of, she's very, very smart and really, really interesting and gives a really, really great interview on that podcast. So I really like Piper. Yeah, me too. The cut that this show gave her is just so unjust, like so stupid. And this interview, it made me mad because I wished that we had had more investment so that this interview was like, oh my God, Piper, because that's how I felt like with Serena P in a second i was like oh my god serena p like i was so excited and i feel piper got this very weird edit that we we didn't see with many of the other women but one
1: thing i will say about piper's interview tonight sickening she looked she, fucking stunning i was like everybody else go home piper showed up and showed out
0: she looked amazing i was <laughs> like so good. hell yeah outfit like she was yeah killing that
1: no piper dressed to see her ex-boyfriend which we love i respect the hell out of it
0: respect the hell out of that
1: so then we go into the last um major interview that they chose to show which was serena p i like serena p a lot i think we did you know kind of contrary to piper we did get to learn a lot about serena p over the course of the show that being said in this interview we didn't talk about anything we hadn't already talked about Like basically, if you watched hometowns, you knew you could have skipped forward.
0: And the the reason we know so much about Serena P two is like she got two one on ones, so like she did get more because she just had she just had more time. Uh, and it so wasn't- basically
1: what we're saying is you can't please us because Piper We're right. like, we didn't get to know her enough. Well, so we didn't care about her interview. And Serena P We're like, we got to know her a lot. And so much. we didn't care about her interview.
0: <laughs> all I mean, all I mean by that is really like the editors, obviously like she got to one-on-ones. There's not really a way to edit that in a way where you just give her no screen time yeah. versus like women who don't, who only get one one one-on-one or no one-on-ones, like obviously get less screen time anyway. And you have to like really try, like with Abigail, they had to like put an effort to give her screen time.
1: Right. I just think like, I don't care about any of their interviews in the women tell all, to be honest. I don't care about the one-on-one time with Chris Harrison interviews. I didn't care about Katie's. I didn't care about Abigail's that much, even though Abigail's ended up pivoting to be about representation, which was great. But when she first sat down, I didn't care that much. Right. I don't care about the one-on-one interview time. I care about the women talking to each other. which we didn't get anywhere near enough of
0: if you're gonna do a one-on-one do it with someone like victoria and like call her shit out that was what's so annoying is they're giving one-on-one time to people i loved like four women who i seriously was like so in love with this whole season that being said i was like i don't i i know them i know like what their intentions were well enough to not really need that time versus victoria i'm like I want you to see her call. I want to see you call her out. Right. Like, I want to see you tell her that the way she behaved was wrong. And we didn't get that. And instead we got, you know, time with four lovely ladies who I adore and I hope to see in the franchise again,
1: but like, we didn't need to know anything more.
0: I follow them all on Instagram and Twitter. Like, I know, you know, like it's like, I, I know their lives enough. I feel so. That was what was frustrating about that.
1: The next major event is that we bring Matt out. He talked to Victoria and she was like, I'm really grateful for you. And he's like, no, like, I know your heart and I know your character. Like, I like couldn't tell if they were bullshitting each other because they both seemed pretty sincere. But the thing that struck me as odd was when they were talking about Victoria leaving. They never showed this. But I guess Matt was the person who chose to not say goodbye to Victoria. I don't know if you caught this, but. I didn't. I, so I remember when we talked about Victoria leaving, we talked about how it was weird that she just had this dramatic exit and she got in the car and left. Well, Chris kind of subtly dropped when they were talking to Victoria, that it actually was Matt that said, I have no words for her. And then that's when she was like, I hope you're happy, blah, 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 blah. And left. So
0: damn, yeah. And
1: they just kind of like glazed right over it. Um, Yeah. But
0: I didn't catch that at all. That's what made
1: this whole thing seem kind of insincere of him and Victoria being like, no, no, no. Like I respect you. I respect you. When, as it turns out, Matt was like, I have absolutely nothing to say to her.
0: Like she can fuck off. Right.
1: And then really only two things came out of Matt's um, interview that I cared about. One was that we kept saying, we were giving Matt the benefit of the doubt when we were recapping the show, we were like, Matt doesn't have the benefit of seeing Twitter as he's filming. Like, he doesn't know that he's kissing with his eyes open, and that's weird. As it turns out, multiple fucking women told him, and he continued to do it and thought that it wasn't weird.
0: Yeah, he just, like, didn't think that that was, like, a weird thing to do. And that is more of a red flag to me than him doing it. (laughs) It's one thing it was, you know, what killed me is like Jesenia was, they were talking about it because they did the full montage of him having his eyes open when he kissed. And then Jesenia was like, yeah, one time I like opened my eyes, like Kayla, you've talked about this. I've opened, I opened my eyes to like check in and he was looking at me and I was like, nope. And she like closed her. I was like, oh my God, very iconic. Because I was like, that's, (laughs) that must be how they felt. You know, like if you're like checking in, like, is he enjoying this? And then he's staring in your soul. Like
1: (sighs) that is such Matt behavior.
0: Such Matt behavior. Like, ugh. oh, I didn't know that was weird. Okay. It's
1: like, that's the same energy of a guy that keeps his own toenails. And it's like, I didn't know that was a weird thing to do.
0: It's not weird. It's weird to keep them in a drawer by my bed. News to me.
1: Next to my one condom I got from the college health center.
0: Like, it's weird to live in a van. My ex named Matt. <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, no shade. Cause I actually, my dream is to live in a van. But anyway, we'll get to that at another. <laughs> it's like totally a, like its own bonus episode to unpack. Another thing I do want to say about Matt is like going back a little bit is when Matt enters with the beard, why did they all laugh their asses off? They were all laughing so hard. God. Literally all of them he were so hot. I mean, he looked good, but they were all like they acted like it was all a bit. <laughs> can like, you tell?
1: Can you tell that my boyfriend has a beard? Because this was the first time that I was attracted to Matt James. I was like, wow, he yeah. has a beard.
0: I, I'm, <laughs> I'm very into beards. Like guys without beards is like kind of cre- they kind of creep me out a little. Oh bit. my god,
1: I'll tell Ben.
0: Uh, give my number. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he walked out with the beard, and they all like laughed as if it was a bit that they were all in on. And I was like, guys, I don't think he's joking. Like I think he actually has the beard. Have some respect. <laughs> So I
1: think he's going through some shit and he grew a beard. It's like when girls get like bangs, which I'm not mocking. I just tried to do it. Right. So, you know,
0: the other thing I want to say is Serena C was like, literally, this is what pissed me off so much about the girls on this season. Serena C literally asked him and was like, I hope that you won't look at what you saw on the show and let that change your opinion of how you knew us in person, literally acknowledging that she was mean. And he just never saw that she was mean, but was like, I hope that that doesn't change how you feel. I mean, I hope I also hope that like, I don't want him to hate these women at all. But I felt like it was very weird after how defensive they were to Katie for them to then be like, I know that, you know, we acted shitty, but I don't want you to to hate us for that. And it's like, so, you know, you acted shitty, but you're just being defensive because you don't want to be perceived as mean. Didn't want to be held accountable for it, and it's like, yeah, it's okay that you did. People are shitty on this show, and we grow to love them, Demi. Like, you know, people do shitty shit, and then we forgive them. But like, at least kind of own it.
1: So then, the very last um thing that happens of no, that is another thing that we didn't get to see was that JoJo and Taisha were there, and they showed it in the bloopers that JoJo and Taisha were hanging out with Matt, having like lunch they they had a date one of the dates that we didn't get to see um they hosted and we just didn't get to see any of it which is a crime because i love jojo and i love taisha so disappointing
0: I have to talk about one of my favorite businesses of all time button rings and things makes the most beautiful jewelry ever I'm seriously obsessed with it They make the perfect gift for anyone you may be looking for a gift for They have so many different styles available. Go check them out on instagram at button rings and things their etsy shop Link is in their bio. You will not regret this You will probably become obsessed as I have and your entire jewelry collection Will just be earrings from button rings and things and you know what? I love that for you.
1: So the first thing that we're probably going to spend the least amount of time talking about is that Rachel Kirkconnell has now posted a video statement. And I mentioned to you last week, again, this is not my apology to accept. However, I do respect a video statement more than I respect a written statement, only because you can actually hear the person saying the words, see, are they reading off of something? Are they speaking from the heart? You know, what are they doing? That being said, it's not my video to dissect, but she has posted a video in which she basically tells people who are defending her to stop, which I thought was definitely a wise move on her part. And she also provided a bunch of resources and books and stuff that she has been reading allegedly and listening to and doing all of that kind of stuff. So go watch the video. It is on her Instagram. I don't really have that much to say about it, but just wanted to announce that it was posted. You know, it's not
0: our place to forgive or anything like that. But she's clearly trying, and you know, we'll see. We'll see how the finale goes. We'll see what what happens from here. Right.
1: So. The other announcement that I'm excited to make is that they just announced that after the final, Rose is going to be hosted by Emmanuel Acho. Um, I am not familiar with him. However, I did see that he is doing a podcast episode, or he already did a podcast episode with Brene Brown. Um, about his YouTube series, Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. So I have that all queued up. I'm going to listen to it at some point before the finale so that I can be more familiar with who he is. But this was the person that Rachel Lindsay was advocating should host after the final rose. So I'm glad that they are for fucking once trying to listen to her.
0: Yeah, and it should be very good. And,
1: you know, I'm excited for him and he seems excited for it, which is like wholesome and cute. So that'll be really fun. Right. So then someone sent me this article and I don't know if you've read anything about this, but it says why fans think a contestant was edited out of Matt James season of the bachelor. So not Heather. The reason this pertains to Heather is because people think that this person was sitting next to Heather at the tell all Mm -hmm. and they couldn't show Heather without showing this person, but okay. It says, Thanks to one Redditor, an avid Bachelor fan, a new theory that a contestant was edited out of Matt James season has spread like wildfire. It all started in week two during what Chris Harrison dubbed the largest group date in Bachelor history. He announced that 18 women were supposed to attend the wedding photo shoot. However, noted in the Bachelor subreddit, there were only 17 names read on the date card. Sure, that could have been a mistake, but the user made another good point. A game of capture the flag would typically include an even number of people, and if only 17 women went, that doesn't make any sense. If one piece of evidence wasn't enough to convince you, they also noted that in the first half or day portion of the week four date, it was not televised at all. That was one of the dates they announced tonight that we didn't see nor was its absence ever addressed on the show. The theory here is that it was too difficult for post-production to edit out the mystery contestant whom hashtag victory, this whatever person thinks had COVID-19 and had to leave. So the footage was altogether nixed. And it says, although a secret contestant would have gone down in history as some of the juiciest bachelor drama yet, there are some rational explanations for why they would have edited this person out. Like, for example, the show has really done actually a pretty good job of bubbling people. And if someone got COVID and had to leave, that doesn't really bode well for them to to continue this format, um, which obviously they need to do to keep the show on the air. Um, But I just think that's a very interesting theory that there may have been a contestant there the entire time that we just never saw. Did not see.
0: I wouldn't put it past them, honestly. Bunch of snakes. I didn't notice someone else's head. I only noticed like what looked like Heather's next to Kit, but that's not to say it didn't happen, but that's just what it looked like to me.
1: All right. So a couple things here. One, Rachel Lindsay, after receiving a shit ton of bullying and hatred has deactivated her Instagram, which is really sick and not sick of her to deactivate, but sick of people to bully her to the point that she felt like she had to. Um, We've talked about Rachel Lindsay a million times on this podcast, even before the last few weeks, she is our queen, we respect the hell out of her, we worship her, 100% stand with Rachel Lindsay, the fact that she even had to do this is really disgusting, and if you, like, we've talked about this before, if you have the time to DM a random fucking person on The Bachelor and say awful shit, like, you need a fucking hobby, like, that's really, really gross, So that's all I'm going to say about that. We support Rachel Lindsay 100%. And I hope that she is protecting herself and protecting her peace. And if not being on social media is what is best for her, then I support that. But I am just sad that it reached that point. So that's what we had to say about Rachel Lindsay. And then the last thing is Taylor Nolan. So some of this Taylor Nolan is a bit of a deep cut for our um, more recent bachelor fans. She was on Nick Vile season of the bachelor a few years ago, went on paradise, whole thing. And in recent weeks, she has been very vocal um, in terms of holding Rachel Kirkconnell and Chris Harrison accountable, which as you guys know, so have Emily and I. I think that's really important. That being said, basically Taylor Nolan had tweets resurface that were not only racist towards certain BIPOC community groups, but they also shamed survivors of sexual assault. They were fat phobic. Pretty much you name a group and Taylor Nolan tweeted about them and offended them.
0: Yeah, she basically, she was fatphobic. She was homophobic. Everything that you could be. She was, um, it was really disappointing to
1: discover. To Taylor Nolan's credit, something that she has been very vocal about when it comes to Rachel Kirkconnell is like, why is it taking you so long to speak? Why is it taking you so long to acknowledge the people that you've hurt? And so I think in an attempt to not do that, Taylor reacted too quickly um, and it was very reactive and it was very defensive. And she began her first video yesterday by saying, I want to make this clear. This is to my BIPOC community only. And went on to basically tell us all the reasons why she doesn't need to apologize, which included that, you know, when she's holding white people accountable for their racist past, she's saying, you need to do the work you need to do better. And her point is that I'm already doing the work. Like you guys see me doing the work. Like I'm clearly not the person I was when I posted these tweets. It's a very different situation. And while I agree with her and that's correct, what I didn't like about this original video was she said to my BIPOC community only, and then proceeded to not acknowledge any other group she offended. And what upset me about that as someone who is a sexual assault survivor, as someone who has struggled with her weight, her fat phobic tweets, her shaming of sexual assault survivors was hurtful to me. And I'm not a person of color. And I think There was just a complete lack of ownership there for the breadth of people she had offended. Yeah. That being said, she has put out another statement today basically saying yesterday's response was a knee-jerk reaction, and she went on to give a more thorough and heartfelt apology that is on her Instagram. Again, I'm not going to read it. It's long. Go share it or go go look at it. I don't care if you share it, but go, go look at it. And the last thing I will touch on about Taylor Nolan is that another contestant from Nick Vile season, Danielle Maltby posted a statement to her feed today. And she basically was just saying that this was startling for her because she's a friend of Taylor's and that she, she had no idea that these existed. And she encouraged people who are feeling discouraged because a lot of people have been follow. I only followed Taylor within the last few weeks because I was learning from her. I was learning from her when it came to the Chris stuff and the Rachel Kirkconnell stuff. And so I recently followed Taylor and Danielle Malby's point was like, I get that it's discouraging to see someone that you've been looking to as a resource, have all this stuff kind of get dredged up, but don't stop doing the work. Don't stop moving forward. Hold Taylor Nolan accountable the same way that we are with a lot of people right now. Don't let her, but don't let the work stop because you feel betrayed by what Taylor Nolan has done, um, which I thought was a very important message because I could see why people would get discouraged, being like, okay, well, I've been following Taylor Nolan and now like she's a part of the problem too. So I thought that um Danielle Malpe's statement was great. Um so that's it. I'm sorry if you've been hearing a lot of me talk. We've been having some audio issues tonight. So I had to like kind of summarize at the end. But all that being said, a lot of stuff happened this week in Bachelor Nation. If you were feeling any type of way about Taylor Nolan's tweets that resurfaced. If you're still feeling hurt by Rachel Kirkconnell and Chris Harrison's actions, just know that there are a lot of people who feel similarly and stand with you on that. I personally was hurt by Taylor Nolan's tweets. I think it was a pretty heavy week in terms of stuff coming to light in bachelor nation, but hopefully we're going to end this season and then have a new host. And, course correct some of the shit that has made this season crappy. That being said, go subscribe to Don't Insult My Intelligence on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Follow us on Instagram at Don't Insult My Podcast. And that's it. Make Emily TikTok famous.